So today, Natalie has come with this beautiful Bible passage. Would you like me to read it straight away, Natalie? Uh, yes. So today we're talking about um, fighting the giants, part two. So in part one, we focused more on the preparation before the fight. And so, and then, you know, just very quick reminder, um, you don't have to fight alone. It's good to go in first and assess the situation. And um, and then again, um, you know, go go at it by faith. So today, fight the giants part two, and we are reading from First Samuel chapter seventeen, starting at verse twelve to verse fifty-two. Okay, so one Samuel seventeen from verse twelve. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Are Thank we you. ready to hear the word of the Lord? Yes, we are. <laughs> Now, David was the son of a man named Jesse, an Ephratite from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. Jesse was an old man at the time, and he had eight sons. Jesse's three oldest sons, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shimea, had already joined Saul's army to fight the Philistines. David was the youngest son. David's three oldest brothers stayed with Saul's army, but David went back and forth so he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem. For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champions strutted in front of the Israelite army. One day, Jesse said to David, take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brother and give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they're doing. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army at the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts, as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon, the Israelite and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant? The men asked. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife. And the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. David asked the soldiers standing nearby, What will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway 
that he's allowed to defy the armies of the living God. And these men gave David the same reply. They said, yes, that is the reward for killing him. But when David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. What have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. He walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Then David's question was reported to King Saul and the king sent for him. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight with him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. He's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in, and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. 
when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. Thank you so much, Coco, for reading this passage to us. There is a lot packed in here, so I'm only going to share about some of the points that um, most spoke to me and, and encouraged me. And uh, so the first thing that I found interesting is that I feel like David was kind of um, not lost in his family, but he was the youngest of eight sons. Mm-hmm. And from the dialogue and his interaction with his older brother, we see that he was looked down open. He wasn't okay. taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was really his function was just be there to help the others, be there to help the others and, you know, do this and do that. And we saw that he went at it with, um, I want to say, a good help. You don't see that he's dragging his feet. Um, he see, he's actually eager. You know, he goes, he eagerly asks about what's happening and all. So that is one of the things that um, that struck me with David. It does, he's not someone who stands out in a crowd. He's not the obvious choice. Um, when it comes to go and fighting a giant. Um, Chapters, uh, verse 16. For 40 days every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. So again, the giant that we see in um, in this story, even though the title of our podcast is Fighting the Giants, I thought it would be wise to focus on just fighting one giant. And then we will see at the end of our, um, our podcast how that actually comes full circle and relates to giants with a, you know, in plural form. So we see that that particular giant who is terrorizing an entire army all <laughs> by himself, <laughs> this is not the situation that has happened overnight. Nope. So every day and evening, he is constantly there. Mm. And he's shouting things mm. and he's threatening and he's taunting them, every single one. And he does it relentlessly. Yeah. He's not giving them a break. He does it for 40 days, symbolic number. We saw yep. that Jesus fasted for 40 days before starting his ministry. Mm. So he does it morning and evening. I cannot believe what it was like for the Israeli um, army, you know, to, I'm, I'm not sure that they even slept or that they will sleep well, because, again, that giant was being loud, and he was being scary. So this is the situation. So David goes, and he goes to his brother, and he realizes that there is something going on there, and then he inquires about it. And it's interesting that he asked not just once, but twice. (laughs) Like, he kept asking for confirmation, for confirmation, to the point where the word got to the king himself. Yeah. And finally, he had an audience with the king. So it's possible that he did it on purpose so that he will, you know, be authorized to go to the battle and defend Israel's honor. Or, um, I'm not sure, but that, that, that's a possibility. David was a strategist. Um, yeah. So, um, okay. So he basically, when he assessed the situation, he asked if there was a reward. Uh, you know, it's uh, important, I think, at this point to mention that he knows he already has decided in his heart to go to the battle, to not um, to not shy away from it. Yeah. So that's another thing that speaks to me is that 
first, even though he's the youngest, he's not letting that stop him. And then secondly, he sees that there is a crisis and it's not just something that is happening to others. He's taking it personally. So he's the one who also decided, okay, there is a giant here. I need to do something about it because this cannot keep on going on. And But he also establishes, at least for us readers, the fact that, yes, he's about to go to battle, but it's not going to be for free. Yeah. He's showing us that as he's preparing and gearing up for battle, he's aware that there is a reward. Mm. At the end of it all. Amen. So then he goes to to uh, King Saul. So again, his conversation with the king is very interesting to me because he's saying one thing to the king and he's saying something complete, uh, something different to the giant. Yeah. So the way he convinced the king to let him go to the battle is by telling him of his own strength. <laughs> he insists on the wild animals yeah. that he has defeated. Yeah. with his bare hands. And yes, that is impressive. But again, this really struck me because, and Saul was convicted by that. Saul said, yes, okay. You you seem very skinny to me. You're not built for battle, but here, <laughs> take my armor. You've done all these amazing things. I will take a chance on you since you're willing to die anyway. So take my armor and then go <laughs> and fight. Yeah. So it's true. He has a green light. But then, when he's in front of Goliath, what does he tell him? David tells him, you come with me to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the Amen. God of the armies of Israel, Israel. who you have defied. Yes. So to King, he said, I did this, I did that, I did this. Mm-hmm. To Goliath, he is stating the situation for what he said. You are not defying us, by the way. Mm-hmm. You think you're going against up against us? This is not ups- at, at all the case. No. The one you're defying right now is the Lord of Heaven's armies. We're mm-hmm. talking about the one who created everything that exists. The one who even created you. And you are defying him. And he says, today, verse 46... The Lord will conquer you, Amen. and I will kill you and cut off your head. But the first line is, the Lord will conquer you. Yes. So he's not coming at him saying, oh, you know, I kill lions, and I kill bears. Do you think you scare me? Please. Yeah. <laughs> no. Not at all. He's putting God front and center. Yes. He's giving God the honor. He's, he's acknowledging you know, God's authority. Yes, and power. God's power. Mm. And for me, one of the reminders is that, you know, several Christians, you know, we are aware of that verse that says it's not against the flesh and blood that we're up against when something, yeah. when we are challenged, when something is happening to us. Yeah. But it's not, we see with David that, you know, it's not just something that he says, like he's fully aware mm. that when, you know, um, we are being under attack, because we're God's child and we're under his protection, God does take this seriously as well. It's also God that is being attacked here. And his reply, his answer is, God will conquer you. And I hope that as Christian, it's something that we'll remember to also say and embrace and, you know, just remember that the first line of defense here is the Lord of hosts himself. Amen.
God himself. Mm. Um, and then, of course, he, he, he goes and shares the rest of the program, and I will kill you, and I'll cut <laughs> off your head. But he knows he will do that because God has done the job already. Amen. The same way Jesus, as the cross, said that we have overcome because of his sacrifice. Amen. So, um, anyway, I thought that was something that was very interesting. The rest of the, you know, the other verses, he says, uh, verse 47, and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. Amen. But not this is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. So please, my brothers and sisters, this is an encouragement again. Whatever you are dealing with today, whatever <laughs> is so heavy right now in your life, yes. whatever is putting you down, this is not your battle. It is the Lord's battle, and he will give it to us. Amen. What is he asking of us? What was David's disposition of heart? Yeah. David did not... Um, he did not rely on his own strength. No. He did not rely on his own reasoning. No. The reason his faith was so strong is because his faith had already tested before when he was doing something so humble and he was being faithful in his humble job. Well, small beginnings, right? Mm. Yes, in guarding the sheep. Mm. His faith was tested in front of danger yeah. and he saw God protect him. He knows that if he was still alive today, it wasn't because he was so smart and so quick and so good at fighting lions and bears. And bears, yeah. <laughs> but it was because God himself protected, protected him. Yeah. And God is the same yesterday, today, today and, forever. and forever. God yeah. says that his love for us is eternal. Amen. God says that in Psalm 34, every time if we are in trouble, if we cry out to him, Yes. He will answer and deliver us from all of our troubles. So to mm. put all that in context, this is not an automatic prayer. God is not a vending machine. <laughs> of course, he loves us. And when he gives us his love, he's not taking it back, of course. Yeah. But he created us to his image, and he also wants to be loved. Yes. And coming to him in humility, giving him the honor, because he's God, he's so much far superior yeah. than us now can understand and he's our creator it's him humbling ourselves before him and the knowledge i am not perfect by the way i might be in this situation today because i caused it yes i have sinned against you yes time and time I again yeah. sinned against my brothers mm -hmm. and sisters mm -hmm. i humbly ask that you forgive me amen please deliver me amen this is the contest and again, talking to the giant, how do you deal with your situations? How do you handle them? Do you, like the army, just look at it from afar? You talk amongst yourself mm. and you're here in fear and shaking. It's been 40 days already. You're exhausted. There's nothing yeah. you can do. Mm. How do you handle the giant in your life right now? Or do you, like David, talk to that situation? Yes. Like David. Talk to the giant. Mm. Do you talk to the mountain of death in front of you and say, I am going to deal with you one Amen. thing at a Take as long as it takes, Amen. but it will be taken care of. How do Hallelujah. I know that? Because God is not a man to lie. Amen. That Amen. God will give me the wisdom I need right now. To solve the God situation. will let the work of my hands right yes, now. Yes, he will. Hallelujah. Because he's my father. He loves me. If I'm in need of 
bread and I ask him for a loaf of bread, he's not going to give me stones or snakes. Yes. So again, this all circles back to, do, do you trust God or not? Yeah. What are you standing on to fight your battles? Mm. What are you standing on to snatch that victory that yeah. is already yours? Amen. Are you standing on the word of God, his promises? Mm-hmm. He's telling you, you're not alone. We are in this together. I am with you. I am going to fight this battle and I'll Amen. give you the victory. But mm. so again, do you look at your own strength and of course, you feel already overwhelmed. Mm. Yeah. Depending on what you're facing. So yeah. I think this is um, something that we can all think about, meditate about. Mm. Mm. Thing, um, and uh, there is so much in here. I'm not going to try to attempt to cover everything. But another thing that struck me was um, not just, okay, faith is amazing. Faith defies common sense. Yes. That's also why we call it faith. Yeah. Faith um, challenges reality. Mm-hmm. There is what you see, but there is also what God tells you. And yes. there is who. Amen. So he's David. When it comes to going to the battle, he mm. did so with what he had. Mm. He did so with what he had. He knew how to use a sling. Yeah. And stones. And, yes. And he didn't even have an armor. God was nope. his shield. Amen. But this is again my point, you know, is the fact that he basically used what he had at the moment. I'm, I'm saying that for myself because I, I've been in situations where, okay, there is something that I know, absolutely know I have to deal with. It's, yes. you know, it's a problem to solve. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking in my head, the best way to solve it will be if I had this and this and that. Yes. And then what happened? I try to get those things or I wait for, you know, for the right moment in order to start doing something. And I'm yeah. seeing here that David saw that there was a problem that needed to be solved and he looked at what he had and he used what he had. Yeah. That's a step, step of faith, right? Yes. So that, again, speaks to me also in terms of not looking down, despising humble beginnings. So David used the weapon he had, um, and he defeated, he used the, the weapon he had and he defeated um, Goliath. Yes. And I think that's the, the last point that I, that I want to, to make when it comes to that, is that he knew that he wasn't in that battle alone. He knew that God was by his side. He knew that God was actually the one fighting the battle. And he made sure that everyone knew it. Amen. Because even as he's talking to Goliath, he's shouting for everyone to hear. Yes. This is not a conversation he's whispering. In no. the enemy's enemy's ears. No. This is a public testimony. Yes. And something also, and I praise really, I thank God for again, there are so many nuggets in the Bible. I thank God for his um word and his encouragement. Yes. There was no fear in David. Amen. And that's another thing. We should not be in fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear. Amen. He gave us a spirit of strength, mm-hmm. of wisdom. Yes. Of love. Mm-hmm. Well, can I just say, uh, I could have listened to you talk about this for ages. It was just like this truth being spilled into my soul. And uh, listeners, if you are blessed the way I've just been blessed after a long day of work, I was kind of tired. And hearing all that truth and good stuff being spoken by you 
Natalie, it was just like feeding my soul and restoring me. And I just praise the Lord for that. Um, several things. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you said. The last thing you said about the public testimony speaks to me in a sense that you know how we're always surrounded by witnesses. There's a cloud of witness in heaven. There's the human witnesses that we have around us in a particular situation. There's the demonic world. It's not something we refer to often, but it's just a reality. And also there's us. Our flesh listens. Our soul listens. Our spirit listens. Those of you who read the Psalms, you've noticed that David spoke to himself a lot. He was a man acquainted with fear. But he had learned to say, do not fear my soul. Do not be sad, my soul. Do not feel defeated, my soul, etc., etc. So he gives us there in this behavior keys that when we do face fear, because as Natalie said, we haven't been given a spirit of fear, that when we do face fear, we are to speak to our souls. And this is linked with what you said earlier, Natalie, that he was speaking to the giant and you encouraged us to speak to the mountains. The mountains are not always outside. This links again to what Natalie said in Fighting the Giants, first, um, the first part. The giants inside of us are often bigger than the giants outside. I would say unbelief is the biggest giant, which is linked to fear. Fear mm -hmm. that God will not follow through. Fear that God doesn't care about us. Fear that we are inadequate. You name it, there are so many. It's not that David was in any way superior to us. My humble understanding of when God says David is a man according to his heart is that David was a man who would not take no for an answer. Yes. The no outside of him and the no inside of him. So when he was, would be shook by something because he was a human being, he would speak to his soul. My soul, why are you discouraged? My soul, etc., etc. So this is really encouraging. Secondly, the, the, the whole speaking publicly, there's an element of faith building there. I'm pretty sure the first time he, well, I'm not pretty sure, I'm guessing. The first time he said it, he was probably like, what am I doing? <laughs> By mm. the fifth time, oh, he's ready. He is ready. The words that we pronounce are very, very, very important. If we, we speak words that are in agreement with the word of God, those words then are infused with the power of the Holy Spirit and they break strongholds. The stronghold yes. of unbelief in us and the others and the stronghold of fear. I don't think there's much to add there. I mean, you've, you've said it. You've said it. We just need the one thing that I really wanted to highlight as well, which you said, and thank you very much for reminding us of that, is that he used what, we ha what he had. Mm. He used what he had. We don't have to go and get somebody else's weapons. We don't have to adopt, I don't know, some other person's tools or whatever, you know? Yes. We have our talents, we have our skills, we have our ability, and we have the measure of faith that God has given us. The Bible says to do things according to the measure of faith that we have received. If your, if your faith is to pray for somebody who has a migraine, maybe start there and don't go and start for your first prayer to re don't go and start resurrecting a, de a dead person for the first one, unless you get a special mandate from the Lord. It builds up. Mm. David had the faith to club Ali. I don't know what I mean, animals they have in that region. Let me say a wolf. And then he graduated. And the next time he clubbed a lion. And then he graduated. And the next time he clubbed a bear. 
and then he graduated and the next time he threw down with one stone Goliath of Gath, the Philistine. Some uh, Bible uh, commentaries say Goliath of Gath might have been a descendant of the Anakim. Remember we mentioned them when uh, Israel was about to enter Canaan with Joshua and saying there were giants. We were like grasshoppers. Those were the Anakim, the sons of mm -hmm. Anak. Goliath might have been have had some shared DNA with the Anakim. So mm -hmm. all we know, we're not, we don't know that for sure, but all you know is what he, it was. All we know is that he was scary. He was tall. He was big. He was scary. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this is amazing. Thank you for giving us this passage, uh, Natalie. Um, I get a sense that this will speak to a lot of people, and I dare say that often we credit the enemy with a lot of things mm. when actually it's our own unbelief, our own fear, our own reliance on extern external things that do not fit us. You know how you try to wear Saul's armor, but he was like, I can't mm. wear this and give it back. We try to take these fake identities, these fake solutions. Oh, Natalie did this, so I'm going to do it. Oh, this person does that, so I'm going to do it. Can you just sit at the foot of the Lord and ask him what he wants you to do? Ask him that he shows you which one of those new, I mean, numerous skills and gifts he's given, he's given you. Ask him, you've given me this. This is the inventory of the skills that you've given me, uh, Father. This is the, the inventory of the gifts that you've given me. Which one do you want me to use in this instance? Mm -hmm. There's a lot to be said, as you said, this knowing who we are in Christ, which is probably the biggest one. But yeah, I feel like we can talk about this David and Goliath of Gath several times because there is so much i mean the youngest kid yes the whole Eliab. what's that about elder brother mm -hmm. your younger brother comes and tries to help and he starts saying oh you're so brave i'm so proud of you i think you might be young you start saying i know your pride and your conceit mm -hmm. making assumptions on? yes what is going on there so if Eliab, you're too scared to go and confront goliath you'd rather israel suffered forever than have somebody else go and defeat him because it's going to make you look bad? Am I speaking to someone there? I don't know. God knows. <laughs> if that's you, just repent. That's it. No big deal. There's no sin that bad, yeah? Just repent, and the Lord will welcome you with open arms. Jealousy, envy, and all those sort of distortions of heart are something that a lot of human beings contend with. That's okay. Apply the blood of Jesus to it. Right, right. That's it. So, yeah, I don't want to say too much, uh, Natalie, because when, when it's good, it's good. I don't want to add. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for what you shared. And I'm really glad that you brought up Eliab because um, I was reminded that as David, um, David was gearing up for battle and, you know, making his way to um, be in front of Goliath, mm -hmm. he kept just encountering opposition. Yes one after another, after another, after another. And the only thing that convinced King Saul was when at the end of his spiel, he told him, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the, claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the Philistine. Yes. yes. And, and I think that is what really um, sealed the deal, right? What sealed the, the deal. Yes, yeah, sealed the deal. And Saul said, all right, go ahead and may because the Lord Saul be with you. Amen. Saul doesn't know David, but Saul knows God. Yes, Saul knows God. Yeah. And then he ends up blessing David. Instead of telling him, you're too young 
you know, stop with the craziness, he tells him, and may the Lord be with be with you. It's invoking the name of God in him. So we hope that this um, episode of Grace Touch has blessed you as much as it has blessed us. Yes. And that you know that whatever giants um, you are battling and facing right now, God is with you. Amen. Just if you put your trust in him, if you um, keep his word, again, know that he loves you. Amen. Whoever you are, whoever you are, wherever you are, God really does love you. He does care. And, and nothing is impossible to him. And he wants Amen. to fight. He wants to fight your battles. Amen. So thank you so much, all of you, for listening for this moment together. And Coco and I wish you a wonderful week. Until next time. Until next time, goodbye. Bye.